0: Talk Radio. Hello folks, this is Carl. It is uh, Sunday, the 15th of October, and uh, we're on now at 3 o'clock till 4.30 Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I don't have much longer to use the word savings time, but we are on, hold on just a minute. Okay, Raven, I got you. Hey there.
1: Hey there, Carl. All
0: right. Yes. Uh, So we're we're on here. Uh, We've been off for two weeks, the last two weeks, and hopefully uh, people saw that it wasn't scheduled, but we're going to continue today with a message, uh, which is going to be a very long time we're going to do this, and that is the purpose of the cross. The purpose of Jesus Christ going to the cross, the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is the fulcrum point, the balance point between where you will end up in eternity, between the lake of fire or will it be the new heaven and new earth? And the fulcrum point, the balance point, the point that decides is what did the cross of Christ mean to you. If it meant religion, you need to reassess. If it meant your suffering, you've got to reassess. And I'm not even going to give you any words on that. I'm going to just ask you to read, the, listen to the scripture, take notes. Uh, if you do nothing but write down the Bible verses we give you and, and talk about, the Bible is more than capable without my commentary uh to explain to you what the meaning of the cross is, the purpose of the cross, and the fact that it's one hundred percent necessary and it's one hundred percent sufficient, I want you to get that it's not only a not only hundred percent necessary that you interpret and apply the cross of Christ to your eternal life, but it's one hundred percent sufficient. That means that all the money you give, all the, all the church activities you're involved in, uh, you're at the church five days a week. You're the highest volunteer number of hours. You've been baptized in front of the group more than anybody you've said the sinner's prayer more than anybody, even the pastor has. All of that stuff, folks, unfortunately, is religion. What did you do? And how did you apply? If you did apply the cross of Jesus Christ to your life, that's all that's going to make any difference. Hebrews nine twenty seven says that is appointed for man once to die, and then the judgment. And the judgment does not need. We do not have to give a uh, a three hundred dollar linguistic expression as to what the judgment means. I think we're all pretty competent. Pretty aware of what that means. That means there is no purgatory. There is no second chance. There is no nothing. You go into eternity. The very next conscious moment you have, you're in judgment. What did you do with the cross of Christ? It is 100% sufficient, 100% necessary. Okay. Uh We are going to uh, give you a phone number. It's 319-527-6208. And you feel free if you want to call that number, a toll-free number from anywhere uh, in continental United States, as far as I understand. And it's toll-free whether you call from a landline or a cell phone. 319-527-6208. If you feel inclined to ask questions or make comments. It would be helpful if you keep it directed towards the topic we're talking about, but that's not mandatory. Um, The only thing I ask, and I really had stopped saying this uh, for a while, is that no obscene phone calls and I'll be darned. I just stopped saying that later part of the summer And what did we have about four weeks ago? We had someone call in with a, with probably the worst vulgarity that we've had so far in the vulgar calls, folks. I, I'm not going to say any more. That as soon as I get the flavor of what's happening, I'm going to push the disconnect button. You're going to have to go to another phone number, which I understand is very easy to do. And uh, and I'll just keep hanging up. It won't make you know. We'll just play the game. I don't know what else to do. I can't police it. Uh, I'm not no, I'm not on this thing to be a policeman anyhow. This is not a third grade. So with all that, uh, that should be the introduction that we had. Raven, do you want to say a prayer for the Holy Spirit to guide us? Totally.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Father, we're thankful to be back together again here after being off for a couple of weeks and it is a joy to be able to study the word of the Lord, and it, it really is. Thank you, Father, for giving us this opportunity to, to have your word in, in writing before us. It, it, it is, it really is such a joy. It's such a, we should see this. All of us should see this as such an honor to have your word, to be able to study it. And, and we, are, we really are truly thankful, even though we may not show it all the time. So we just ask mm-hmm. today, Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit give us every word, every thought to speak on today so that, It will affect every person who listens in the way that you would have it to affect us. In Christ's name, amen. Okay.
0: What I'm going to do is I'm going to start and we're going to read verses as to why the cross is the central point of all human existence. It It is the central point. It is the point from which we're either going to intentionally and willingly go into eternity and uh, be cast into the lake of fire, or, or we will be greeted by angels at the moment of going into eternity, escorting us into the presence of Christ, in which He will say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." It's up to us. It's it's our, our choice. And it is 100% about the cross of Jesus Christ. But let's, as we always do, uh, don't want you to accept one word any of us say, either one of us, uh, un- until we give you Bible verses that shows that's what the Bible says. I had someone this morning who called me and, uh, well, they threw something by me and uh Mentioned that it was uh, that someone disagreed with them and what they no. were going to do, and uh, and I gave them a biblical statement that uh, that I I did not see anything wrong with what they were doing, but I went to the I, I used a biblical verse that addressed it exactly, and then they said, well, so and so disapproves of what I'm doing, folks. I'm going to be crude. I don't care. I don't care what someone's opinion is on anything that we're talking morally that could involve a moral decision. I don't care. I don't care what my opinion is. I am only interested in what does the scripture say about it. So that's why I'm gonna stick very strongly here with the Bible verses and we will continue. I've got something weird happening to my iPad that's never happened before. Let me uh, me do something here. Just bear with me. It's going dark on me, and I've never had that happen during a radio program, but it seems like almost – I'm going on four years of doing this program, and it seems like it – Every day there's something different, but we'll we'll figure it out here. Yeah, I think I see what I haven't done Yeah, I do. I got it. Okay. All right. Now I've got it lit up to where I can see if anybody calls. All right. The purpose of Christ going to the cross. This is going to be probably filled the whole time we've got, because I've probably got 30 verses or more. I would like you, Raven, to read Romans chapter 8, and I want you to read verses 1 through 4, and then we'll take them individually.
1: Okay. Please. Romans 8. 1 through 4. And then 1 through 4. I'm very familiar with that. I, I, I'm, so I'm used sure to reading, you are. <laughs> I'm so used to reading those too, that I I I feel like I should be able to read them from by I, I should be able to know them by heart, but I don't. Um, there is therefore now.
0: <sighs> yeah. I want there you There is I therefore have. Stop.
1: now. Stop! I want yeah. you
0: to think of this one, okay? And then. Oh yes,
1: and, I am. <laughs> and the sermon this yeah. morning,
0: Raven. Address and Pastor Rands was telling about the things that have happened to him and one very recently, what you're aware of physically, and he's just yes. sitting there in his office crying out, "God,
1: why, why, why?" I think I I think I need to go listen to that sermon. <laughs> listen to Maybe the I... the last
0: fifteen minutes.
1: The the the, yeah. the first part of it, are
0: uh, forty. half hour of it, or 35 minutes, he's very accurately describing the book of Revelation, chapter 7, and bringing in Old Testament verses that verify what he's saying in chapter 7 of Revelation. But the last 15 to 20 minutes, he's going to talk to you about two events in his life, one about 16 years ago when his father died at a young age, and the other as a pastor, And the other one about something that's just happened that we found out publicly about four to five weeks ago where he's in very bad need of a kidney transplant. But the point of the matter is, I want that first statement you read. There, therefore, is no condemnation. I don't care what the enemy tells you. I don't care how many mistakes you made. Are you in Christ Jesus? If you are, folks, and this is what... The pastor was saying this morning, "You've got to ignore what your feelings tell you. The heck with your feelings or what anybody else says. You've got to settle on what the Bible says, or the enemy will destroy you mentally. Not take you're, your soul you're so right." And he does. You're folks, so I'm telling right, Carl. Huh? You. Oh, you're, I. You're absolutely. It's... Yeah. Now you yep, have done I nothing. Is not.
1: More.
0: You. You have not been. And and I say this because you're in this quandary right now, where the enemy is launching a severe attack on you, and it's oh, not yeah. because you're living in you're not living in sin. Nope. Uh, I mean, you, you you haven't done anything. You haven't walked away from the faith. Uh, nope. nope. I, I'm telling you, folks. <laughs> in fact, what Rams didn't say is the more you are approaching God and you are presenting. A, you are presenting a tool against his kingdom, the more he's going to hit you. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has nothing to do with your feelings or unconfessed sin or anything. What it has everything to do with is your walk with Christ. Yeah. And that first... That the, one, Go ahead to talk four, about four, you. Five, I, I, I'm, I'm those, not going to talk about you right now. You, if you feel led to, you do it.
1: Those first six words, <laughs> you know, Satan likes to say exactly the opposite to us.
0: He Amen. wants
1: to condemn. He wants to condemn us up up one side, down the other, and take every single thing he's ever done in our life and just. You, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Carl. Because this is how I feel oh, about it, kind of, right? I know. You, like, like, like you know, you know those old-fashioned things that they used to have way back in medieval times when they'd have like the castle with the moat around it, and then they'd have these catapults, and they would, you know, pull back these big rocks, and they'd try to, you know, make them go at the castle so they could, you know, bang down yep. the, the the. Yep. That's what I feel first, right first
0: now. Of all, like, first like, of all, like 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 is all, just
1: pulling back
0: hold on like, like, like first the, of all, yeah go got, ahead, you, you use your phrase old fashioned because I am one
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but but, but, you know, it's like well, I, you know, I'm a little old fashioned too, you know, people call me that all the time, you're kind of old school, yeah, I am, and that's okay, I work proudly. So I got no problem. I meant
0: with that. old, old. chronological. Oh, oh, just the I'm old part. Years,
1: uh-huh.
0: I'm twenty years <laughs> I'm that, past you.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's <laughs> some, some days now I don't this, feel like it's that far.
0: Now, Raven, but, this condemnation hold on, this condemnation yeah. is not from God. It's from the enemy, from Satan, putting it yeah. in your mind. Okay. Absolutely. Go
1: ahead. Absolutely. But sometimes that's how I feel like 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 God oh. has actually has actually put this big castle around me. He's actually he has firmly established me within the the, the 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 this big castle with all the big thick walls and everything. And Satan is outside there with this catapult and this and these yep. big rocks and is just hurling them at me left and right and over and over again. And and my problem is that I'm I'm forgetting about that little tiny bit of the beginning of verse one in chapter eight. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And really, what I need to do is just say, Satan. There is therefore now no condemnation. Leave me alone. And, that's and I right. usually now I got,
0: I got to bring out a point. Go ahead. When you're done, I'm going to stop here and explain the last ver- the last phrase because that's misleading yeah. to a lot of people.
1: Yes, and, and and sometimes I remember. You know, there are times when I when I do remember. I just say. You know Satan, leave me alone i I don't belong to you but but sometimes and and we have to remember this sometimes he just bombards us so quick and so fast, and it's just coming so that we 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 forget or we it it just becomes too much and and you know we're just hit so hard and but we we do have to remember to go you know to go to scripture because it's here. And this is just a huge reminder to me. It is here. But we're human. I mean, we're human. And so, you know, sometimes we forget.
0: Now, condemnation. Yeah. As long as you
1: haven't died
0: rejecting Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verse 18 and 36. When you die and reject <clears throat> Christ, you are now under condemnation. If you have rejected Christ in this life, you're under condemnation. Condemnation to one who is born again, who are in Christ Jesus. Ignore the last phrase, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I'm going to explain that. Amen. So think of right now no condemnation to those which are in Christ. Let me define what in Christ is. I'm going to read you a couple of verses here. I'm going to read Second Corinthians. In fact, you read it. Second Corinthians 5.21 first.
1: 5.21. This is okay. what
0: in Christ, and I want to focus on that. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Well, what about the last phrase? Who walk after the flesh. We're not talking about that yet. We're still on the first phrase.
1: Got it. For He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him.
0: Okay. There. Is, he made. Uh, uh, he made him. He, being God the Father, made him, Jesus Christ, to be the sinner for us, meaning he never sins, so that can't mean what it says, because the Bible can't contradict itself. But he who knew no sin. In fact, the next phrase, he who knew no sin, clears that up. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's why there's no condemnation as long as you are in Christ. Does that, first of all, make sense? Because condemnation comes from Satan. God does not condemn you. If you are walking, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation from God. So therefore, it has to be coming from Satan. Okay, I want you to read 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is your condition. If you are truly born again, not that Carl repeated a prayer and you did, or that you were baptized today in front of the group, or because you accepted Christ, or because you asked them into your heart. All those things, folks, have got to follow the one necessity that I don't hear preached very often in any sermons about being a new creation, and that is we must repent. If people think they're repeating a prayer after someone, or asking Christ into their heart, or trusting him, or, or whatever, or any act that you do, such as take part in something biblical like water baptism. If you have not truly come face to face with the fact that you are a sinner, you deserve nothing but hell, and Christ has the cross paid your penalty for your sin, and you repent, if you do not repent there is no forgiveness of sin if you die in a state of unforgiven sin unforgiven and we're talking the sin John 16:9 of sin because they don't believe in me if you die in that state of sin not the acts of sins the acts of sins are a result of you not believing in Jesus Christ who can protect you from the acts of sins but i want you to understand because people then go to the next verse or uh, phrase. Well, that, uh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit? So then, what they're saying is that they're not that they, they will be condemned if they do something in the flesh. No, no, that's contradictory to Scripture. Take what it says. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Stop. who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That is a choice that we make. Do we walk after the flesh or after the spirit? There is no condemnation. That means from God. There is condemnation from Satan if you walk after the flesh. And this is what Raven is going through, and every Christian who is doing something for God, if you're walking after the flesh or after the spirit, you'll have condemnation, it says here. The condemnation comes from God if you're, if you're not in Christ. If you are in Christ, but walking after the flesh, let's say you are walking after the flesh, which we all do. Romans 7, yeah. Paul talks about after he became a believer, he was trying to live by religion. Galatians chapter 5, one or 3, 1 through 5 talks about believers. They were believers. They were in Christ. So God did not condemn them. But the enemy condemns you. That's what I want you to see. The enemy will condemn you. So when it says there's no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, that means that. Christ will not condemn you. And those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, those are the ones that are believers. The unbeliever can't walk anywhere but in the flesh. He can't. He has not got the Holy Spirit. He's incapable. So this little phrase, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, is explaining the choice that a born-again believer has when they are in Christ, does that make sense? Because oh, yeah. if I says now, Absolutely. if I say now, well, that means if you walk after the flesh, God condemns you. No, that's not. That's not what the meaning is. He's describing the the after it says Christ Jesus, comma, who walk not after the flesh spirit. You can see it says who walk. He's describing those who are Christians in Christ Jesus. Do you see where that second phrase? is explaining the first phrase Absolutely. the second phrase Absolutely. to walk not after the flesh but after the spirit is not saying that as a believer Christ God condemns you if you are walk in the flesh my gracious folks if that's the case none of us are going to go to heaven what right. it is it's an explanatory phrase to walk not after the flesh but after the spirit explaining those people who are in Christ Jesus yeah I've I've given that my best shot. I hope it makes sense.
1: Yeah, because because there are times, Carl. Yes, there are times when we are walking in the flesh, even though most of the time we're walking in the spirit. That we that we sort of get that we stumble a bit, you know. Yeah, but it's
0: not condemnation. Okay, but that's condemnation from Satan. But what right. this, this, in other words, who walked not after the flesh but after the spirit for years, Raven, I thought that meant yeah. that the moment yeah. you, I did. But then that's making yeah. works out of it. The who walked yeah. not right. after the but flesh but after that's the that's spirit. That's what I meant to say. Okay. but that, That's that, what I that meant to say. Phrase, yeah. But that phrase, hold on, the phrase after the Christ Jesus. The, the Those who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, that describes the condition of a born-again believer. Gotcha, yes. Yeah. It does yeah, not right. mean that if you walk for 10 minutes in the flesh, you're now on to condemnation, and if you die, you're going to hell. That's not what it means.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because and that, that's, what I meant, that's what I meant by that. We we stumble and we're kind of in the flesh for a moment, but then, you know, the Holy Spirit guides us back or pulls us back. Yeah. But
0: hold on. The yeah. condemnation we're talking about in chapter 8, verse 1, is not from Satan. It's from God. So even when you're walking in the flesh, when you're uh-huh. depending yeah. on religion rather than his sacrifice of the cross... God is convicting you. He's trying to change yeah. you. He's trying to hit you in the head with a baseball bat like Paul did in Galatians 3, 1 through 5 and said, who has bewitched you? You've begun in the spirit. Right. And now you're trying to be made perfect by obeying the law. That's the flesh. That's religion. Yeah. All religion yeah. is the flesh. But uh, he's these people who he says are in Christ Jesus. I just want you to look at that. those four word phrase are in christ jesus that is what the who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit is describing it's not saying that you now gotta in addition to being in christ jesus you now have to walk after the spirit all the time if that were the case it would be works based right yeah okay yeah let me tell you something that makes perfect sense carla Okay, but here, I prayed, as I do before, every study I do, even the ones yeah. where I talk to people during the week, for God mm-hmm. to give me the words. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a not a confession, but a true statement. I have not understood what I just said until we got on to this program. I am okay. looking at that as contradictory because now it works. No, it's not. It's it's a descriptive phrase, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, describing those who who are in Christ. Because only the ones who are in Christ, only they have the choice of whether to walk after the flesh or the spirit. The unbeliever doesn't have a choice, even if he's the pope. He's the leader of the Sun Baptist Convention. He's the head of every denomination in Christianity. If he's not in Christ, he's walking after the flesh, which is yeah. religion, which describes, I think, much of our teachers and preachers today. Right. But I'm going to tell you, this truth did not hit me until I started explaining it right now. I was always in a quandary. That's why, Raven, if you look at this phrase, go to other translations other than the King James, the New King James, and they don't put this walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And that's the logic Mm -hmm. people use. King James is wrong there. Okay. Now, let me explain, if we could, what walking in the spirit is. Read verse two. And I'm just... Go ahead and read it. I'm going to take my earplugs off because I've got a sweater on and I'm hot. I'm going to remove it.
1: All right. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Yep. Has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, I've got my earplugs back. Uh, No, I don't. It's still out.
0: Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. All right. Okay. So the, the law of the law of the spirit the law of the spirit of life in Christ made me free from the law of sin and death. Which is exactly okay. what you're saying, Carl. That you that you sort of got this realization of verse one. The, well, I it's didn't that get it till we big
0: difference the air, between
1: right? it, what's that?
0: I didn't get it till we're on the air today.
1: Uh-huh. but but that verse two completely confirms what you just said. It's the right. difference between being saved and not saved.
0: That's right. There's another point here too. Read Romans eight eleven.
1: All right. But if and the then spirit of yes, yes if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life in your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you.
0: And that is the condition of those who are in Christ Jesus.
1: Yes.
0: Now, well, th- the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will not make you free from the law of sin and death, even if you're born again, especially if you're born again, if you're walking according to the flesh, which means religion, adding anything to Jesus Christ and him crucified or subtracting anything. That Get verse, it doesn't mean this. You've lost, you haven't lost your soul. You have a choice. In verse one of walking after the flesh or after the spirit, and if people don't see that choice then uh, then then I, I don't understand how you cannot be in the real world and not see that religion is competing against biblical Christianity, even the churches are telling you what you've got to do. they're adding things like water baptism, public confessions, repeating prayers after me. that is not the essence of it. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus means where the Holy Spirit does what he says here in verse 2. The Holy Spirit will make you free from the law of sin and death, which is the flesh. If what? If your faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified alone. And that's what it means when it says in Christ Jesus. If your faith is in something in addition to Jesus Christ and him crucified, you can expect to be hassled by the same temptation over and over and over. The Holy Spirit cannot work miraculously when you are depending on Christ for something you do. The object of your faith, it's got to remain in Christ alone. When it is in Christ alone, you are miraculously, by the power of Christ, ministered to you by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, you are now free from the law of sin and death. This is talking about a believer, not an unbeliever. This is talking about us who are born again. You have a choice in verse 1 of walking after the flesh of the Spirit. And the consequences of walking after the Spirit are that you will be set free by the Holy Spirit's power from the law of sin and death. What's the law of sin and death? It's walking in the flesh, religion, religion. The object of your faith is something in addition to Jesus Christ or an him crucified or subtracted from. I want yeah. that to be very clear, people. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus for what miraculously in your life to do what you can't do. And that's what? Free you from the law of sin and death, which is religious. You're depending on yeah. your religious ability, your ability to satisfy God. That's religion. You must repent of right. your good works. And it all goes back to, again, the little break there at the end of verse 1 of chapter 8. He's describing those who are in Christ Jesus. They either have a choice of walking in the flesh or the spirit. But if they're going to walk in the flesh as saved believers, the Holy Spirit cannot work in them miraculously to free him from the oppression of Satan and even the acts of sins. Does that make sense? Yes. He can't do it miraculously. Can they do it by willpower and turning to religion? Absolutely. And that's what drove Paul nuts in Romans 7, where he says, the good I want to do, I can't do. Uh I'm carnal, sold to sin, that which I... I do allow, I do not. For what I would, I do not. But I that what I hate, I do. And then he goes on and says, uh, then it is no more me that do it, but it's sin that dwells in me. It's the sin nature. The sin nature. So we've got two things about born-again believers. They have a choice of walking in the flesh or the spirit. There's no condemnation from God if you're walking in the spirit. If you're walking in the flesh, there could be condemnation, but it's not from God because you're in Christ. Can't be condemnation from God. And that's where Raven and I occasionally, unfortunately, or fortunately, probably fortunately, it's part of Hebrews chapter 12, the disciplining and chastening of God, but two is just phenomenal. The law, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, makes you free from the law of sin and death. It does not mean that you're never going to be hassled by the enemy. I'd like you to read Romans six fourteen.
1: All right, Carl. I I, I want to tell you something because you said look up a couple of other like uh, translations or whatever. The yeah. Jewish the Jewish translation. Of Romans eight one, so the way they translate this from the old language is: there now is therefore no verdict of guilty. Right. There is no verdict. But I'm of telling guilty. you, guilty. I'm telling yeah. you, the
0: NIV for sure doesn't add this, and I don't think a lot of others add it either that walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And the reason they don't is because they're interpreting it as, unless you're walking after the spirit, even though you're in Christ, you're under condemnation from God. It's all backwards. It's all backwards. Let me use that phrase.
1: It is. Because
0: if you're in Christ Jesus, God does not condemn you. But if you're in the flesh, Satan is going to condemn you, even though he's the author of the flesh. Right now, right, yeah. There, that's the point I'm making, and I know the NIV doesn't add it, and I know the King James and New King James add it. I don't know about yeah. the ESV or the New Living Translation. I don't know. But the reason they've taken it out is because people says, "Well, then if you're walking after the flesh as a Christian, God condemns you." No, He doesn't. That's not what the verse is saying. Yeah, it's not in the NASV either. Mm -mm. No. No, I know it's not. I don't know. I have the ESV also on my parallel on my phone, and I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't say it. Because what they think it means is that if you're walking after the flesh as a Christian, which we all do, Paul did in Romans chapter 7. In fact, if you look at Romans 7 and read 9 through 17, 9 through 18, 9 through 19, 9 through 19, that's 11 verses. Paul is describing as a Christian walking in the flesh. And he wasn't out there selling tickets to a porn show. What he was doing walking in the flesh is he was going back to the law. Walking by the law is walking by the flesh because it depends on your ability to do it. Right. This is not simple to understand. Right. Read Romans 6.11. Okay, 6.11. Take it in pieces here.
1: Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord.
0: That doesn't say whether you walk in the flesh or the spirit. Are you in Christ? Right. Now, if you're going to right. turn to religion once you're born again, like Galatians three one through five, you're going to right. get condemnation. But it's not from God; it's from Satan, who is the very one, is the author, the CEO the vice president, the executive vice president, the chief operating officer, the, 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 the chief controller in charge of all the money of religion, Satan, even though he's the author of religion, is gonna condemn you as if you're not a Christian because you're walking in the flesh according to what he wants you to do. That's religion. Anything religion, folks, is not depending 100% on the sufficiency and necessity of Christ. It's depending on Christ to a degree, and then you make up the opposite. Anybody who thinks that salvation has anything to do with baptism by water, you are walking in the flesh. Doesn't mean you're not born again. And that's just what Raven says. Reckon yourselves, be alive unto God through Christ. Now that verse 11, those who are alive to God through Christ, they still have the choice in Romans 8.2 and 8.1 to walk after the flesh or after the spirit. And we all go to the flesh. We all go there because that's what Satan's constant battle is. He doesn't want you to sin. What does he want you to do? What did he do with Eve in Genesis 3-1? Did God really say that? That's nothing. We wouldn't look at that and say that's a sin worth hell. No. Right. Did God really mean that? He was trying to get her to doubt the word of God, and that's what he's trying to do to us when he condemns us. When we say, "Oh, I don't walk after the spirit all the time. He wants that condemnation for you to think that it's from God. But I'm telling you, folks, if you're in Christ and you're born again, there is no condemnation from God. God will slap you. He'll, he'll he'll hit you in the knees with a baseball bat. He'll allow Satan to attack you, which happens to all of us. But you're not condemned by God. You're condemned by Lucifer, the author, the CEO, the CFO and everything of religion, anything to do with your discipline. Right. All right, now let's read another one. Reckon right. yourselves to be dead under sin. Why is that reckon so important? Because you need to realize, folks, you need to realize that Romans chapter eight, verse two, and you need to, when you get into temptation, you need to understand that. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus means your faith for avoiding sin and temptation is in nothing you do. Not that you don't drive down a street because you've got a, a, a former mistress or whatever that lives there. That's not walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, not something you do to figure out how not to sin. It's your faith in Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross to defeat all sin. When you do that, this Holy Spirit miraculously works in Romans 8.2 to set you free from the law of sin and death, which is religion. Right. And you must reckon that. You must reckon it. Why do I say you must reckon it? Because there's a verse. Read Second Corinthians thirteen five. five. as will get into this. I won't explain right. it but I have to. All
1: right. Second Corinthians and thirteen. Oh, it's getting dark out already. Five.
0: Oh, it is. Uh, It's months. you know what? It's going quick. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Not even, I, I, I not other even years, it, I, it seemed to me it took a long time to happen, but this seems to have happened overnight. Yeah. yeah. Examine yourself. We had warm, we've had a warm up till this week. We've had it quite nice here.
1: Yes. And and so it, it's been a nice fall, and so all of a sudden we're like, wait, how did it get so, so uh, dark so yeah. early? Yeah. But it really yeah. isn't.
0: It it's has, not early. It, it just seems dark like it's earlier. Off. Yeah, it has been getting dark earlier, but usually, and Sue and I were talking. Usually, at the end of September, you notice that, but this year I didn't notice it because up until right. Saturday, folks, it really wasn't bad here, and we're in, right. uh, we're on the the very western side of Lake Erie, and uh, it gets cool here usually before this. But anyhow, go ahead and read that verse.
1: Uh, Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Prove yourself. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you are disqualified.
0: Examine yourself. Are you in Christ Jesus? Let's start at the basics. Why, have you, why are you believing that you're in Christ Jesus? Why do you believe you're a new creation? Why do you believe that if your heart stopped in the next 30 seconds, you would Is it based on biblical truth or man's saying? Is it based on accepting Jesus Christ without being, without being convicted of your need to repent? Go to the scripture. Don't cherry pick verses like most preaching does today, and I will say that unabashed. Most they want you to understand that all you've got to do is join this Harper Valley PTA for the old people, like me. Right. It's not a member of. It's not a decision you make. It is. Are you responding to the grace of God that leads? all men to salvation which starts out with you are a sinner and you must repent read acts 2021 20, right. and we do agree it's faith in christ that saves our soul but look at what has to precede faith in christ or there's no forgiveness of sin there's no salvation i'm getting wound right. up so
1: I like it when you get round wound up. What was that again? Acts 20, 23? 21. 2021. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: I don't think any seeker sensitive or any prosperity gospel in the world would not tell you faith in Jesus Christ.
1: That's
0: just an opinion. Very few preachers and teachers. I would probably put it in the 80%, but that's an opinion. That's not biblical. Maybe 20% give you what is necessary to have faith in Christ. What is it? It's repentance towards God. You see, where if you're basing your salvation on you merely asking Christ into your life, or you're accepting him, or that's all fine and dandy, but it's meaningless. There is no faith in Christ if there is no repentance towards God. Does that make sense, folks? <laughs> you
1: know, it's, it, you couldn't say it any clearer, but not everyone understands it.
0: Raven, I'm going to say the modern church today, which is the church of Laodicea in America, they do not, I don't know whether they know it and don't want to say it. In fact, let me tell you what Dr. David Jeremiah said this three, two and a half weeks ago, because it was before I I was gone for a week.
1: Uh He actually said
0: that he reads everything he can find about church growth, everything. And this is a quote from Dr. David Jeremiah. And it was at the very end of October, because October 1st, I left to go to Carolina for a week. And he said, it was at the end of September, he said that nothing, in all the church growth he's reading, this is Jeremiah, not an idiot like me who's a wannabe, and he said, you, there's nothing in there in general about repentance because repentance will not draw an audience. And this is Jeremiah. The only thing I've heard David Jeremiah criticize in all the years I've listened to him is he was raised in the area between Toledo, Ohio and Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he says, you want to talk about winters being miserable and cold and snow. He says, "You go, that's the only thing I've ever heard the man criticize. But he right. said, I read everything I can in Christian literature, not secular, Christian, about building a church. And he says the one right. thing that they lack is they do not mention repentance. And if you do not mention repentance and you're basing the fact that you have repeated the words after Carl, or you have allowed Carl to baptize you in water, You better examine yourselves, folks. You better. Now, with that being said, and we we accept it because the word of God, not my word, I want to give you a very encouraging verse here that is going to explain to you Romans 6.11, Romans 6.14, and Romans 8.2. 6.11, 6.14, and Romans 8.2. The verse I'm going to have you read, is going to be Romans or no, first corinthians ten thirteen, okay, and this is going to explain romans six eleven four and fourteen and eight two
1: Boy, well, I got a lot of notes with this one. Okay, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man but god is faithful (laughs) yes he is
0: who will
1: not allow what's
0: that i lost you for a minute now you're back oh i
1: said i said yes he is
0: (laughs) yes who will
1: not allow you to be tempted beyond what you were able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it.
0: Now, I want you to go back and read Romans 8.2 again. And this, if I take the rest of the program, which is another 40 minutes to explain this, I don't care.
1: Eight, two? did you say? Yes, ma'am. For the law, for the law of spirit, excuse me, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death.
0: Okay, now I want you to understand this, folks. The law of the spirit of life will not work in you to prevent you from sin and temptation that's promised in 2nd, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. If your faith is not in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now, that's part one. Let's go to what 1 Corinthians 10.13 says. It does not say, as people quote, well, God promises he will never give you anything you can't handle. That is absolute, utter nonsense. The whole chapter. Second Corinthians, Paul tells you, in fact, let me read you a little bit in Second Corinthians, unless we want to say Paul wasn't saved. Chapter 1 okay. of 2 Corinthians, verse 8 and 9. We would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which we came to in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we are despairing of our own life. You see where people doctor verse 13 of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians and say, well, God will never ever give you any
1: more than you can have. It.
0: That is not what it's saying. He what, will what, not what, give what, you more than... Yeah, go ahead.
1: What verse is that again that you just read, Carl? The other one.
0: First Corinthians ten thirteen?
1: No, the other one. The one uh, uh the other verse that you just Romans referenced 8. there. Romans eight two, or the law of the spirit of life nope. in Christ. Nope, I think it was in Second Corinthians.
0: That's okay.
1: Hmm. I'm in. One, okay.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians one eight nine. Okay, thank you. Now, understand, people say that, uh, that right, verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 10, people say, God will never give you more than you can bear. That is biblical, yeah. utter idiocy. Here's yeah. Paul. Are we going to say that Paul, who was wrote, you know, oh, the Holy Spirit had author 70% of the New Testament, that God did not give that grace to Paul? We would not have you ignorant, brethren, Have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia? We were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we are despairing of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So what I want to get to, this verse does not say that God will never give us more than we can handle. It happens every day of the week and 30 times on Sunday. What yeah. he says in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen is what? He will never allow you to be tempted above what you are able. Why? Because he will never give you anything that he does not give you a way to escape. Understand that. You will not be tempted above what you are able, but with each temptation, he will make a way to escape. He will, yeah. not you. This is walking right. in the spirit. So do you yeah. see where, let's go back to Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. As long as you are in Christ, depending only on him crucified, he will then give you a way to escape. This is a promise. Think of that. As long as you're not depending on religion, but only Christ's death on the cross to give you the power to say no to the worst sins and. Maybe you've been like me. There's a couple of sins, folks, that I have had all my adult life, back to when I was a teenager, Not, not constant temptation. God never promises he's going to remove that from you. What he does tell you is if you'll trust in what he did at the cross, not in your religion, meaning something you do, even a good thing, even a biblical thing, but you're now saying it's because you did it the moment you do that, you step out under from under the umbrella protection of First Corinthians ten thirteen. But I want yeah. you to understand, folks, the horrendousness of people who just says the Bible says this. The Bible never says you will never be given more than you can handle. It says numerous times you will be given more than you can handle. That's why you've got to depend on God who will provide the way out, nothing else will help. And if you're depending on God, plus what you do, like I go into a certain store, and it's got my favorite pornography in there. So what I'm gonna do is I'm not even gonna drive into that part of town. That's depending on what I do, rather than Jesus Christ and him alone. Don't expect to be delivered from the temptation. Because God will, turn, will, with the temptation, give you a way to escape. That's a promise. That's not a maybe. That's not if you give the church so much money or you provide free labor to the church. That's a promise. If your faith is in Christ alone, he will give you the escape.
1: You'll Go ahead. Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. Perfect, perfect for this. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And here's the next verse that people take totally out of context. 'Cause they think it means I can be president of the United States because of God. No, go back to verses eleven oh, and that, and twelve folks, and it on. explains it. Hold on, hold on. Yep. I would
0: yep. I would rather I would rather, Raven, come down to the area of town you're in in that particular mall where there's every kind of fast food restaurant you can think of and be a janitor in there than be president of the United States. So
1: <laughs> right. But but they use this next verse. They use Mm -hmm. use this next verse to say, "I can, you know, I can be president. I can be whatever." But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, "I can be way up here or way down there because of this." Thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what I like.
0: Philippians four thirteen goes. Inexorably with First Corinthians
1: fourth yep. and, and 19. But you have to take verse eleven and twelve because otherwise you're saying yep. I can go out and and, and rule the world. No, nope. it means I can even be way down at the bottom of nothing and yep. it's only because of Christ. That's what he's talking you're about. Right. That how, and that's how Christ, great I am. It's,
0: and you can do. And that's exactly right. The thirteen, all things you can do through Christ. That's telling me in First Corinthians ten thirteen. Let's take this a little further. If I allow mm-hmm. temptation to keep staying in my life day after day after day, it's because I want to enjoy it. Right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. Like, oh no, it is. And if I You're can, right, you're right. It's not the here, if I've got if I've got a, a, a proclivity for theft, for lying, for gossiping, right. for tearing other people apart, for tearing ministers down, that's God's job. He'll judge them. Tear down what yeah. they do wrong, but don't mention their name. Or if I've got a proclivity for pornography or lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, youthful lust. Don't say it's because I just got so, God just gave me this tremendous physical desire that's over the top, don't know how to handle it. You don't need to know how to handle it. All you need to do is believe that with every temptation, God will give you a delivery. He will give you the escape, not your religion, not what street you decide to go down. So don't make up the yeah. fence laws and the religious laws that the current Laodicean church churches in the habit of doing without telling people, number one, repent and trust God and what Christ did at the cross. Remember, the spirit of the law of, of the life, the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of the life in Christ Jesus. In Christ means your faith is in nothing but him. And if that is true, folks, he will give you way. not that you will never be tempted above anything you can handle. You will be tempted above what you can handle. Read Hebrews chapter 12. The point of the matter is he will give you an escape. He will give you the escape. So if I am tempted more than someone else by a certain sin, it's not that God gave me the desire. Let's take homosexuality and lesbianism. How often I've heard in church circles, well, God made you that way. No, he did not. Oh, I can't help it. I was born this way. You can help. You can help any temptation or verse 13 is wrong. And if chapter 1, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, chapter 10, verse 13 is wrong. The whole Bible is wrong. It's not you know, I heard because you were about... made that way, folks. I don't care what the modern preaching says when they say these poor people were made that way. They are not made that way. It says here that if I, if I will trust in Christ's death alone he will provide the escape from the temptation, which then means that if I allow my temptation to keep bothering me, it's because I enjoy it. I don't want to be delivered. And one step beyond that, if Carl keeps sinning, guess what? It's because Carl wants to sin because God promises in First Corinthians ten thirteen and Romans 8, 2 that the Holy Spirit himself will will be the one to deliver me from temptation and deliver me from sin. These are promises, not under ninety nine percent probabilities. So if you're just sitting there feeling sorry for yourself, God may gave me a uh, desire to drink alcohol i'm predisposed to drink alcohol because my parents my grandparents all my relatives are alcoholic that has nothing to do with what the bible is saying the law of, of spirit of life in christ meaning your trust is in him and first corinthians 10 13 says he will give you the escape from temptation and from sin. So if you're doing it, don't justify it by saying God made you that way or you just got a sex desire that's over the top or an alcohol desire that's over the top. You're the one that is not applying the cross of Christ to your temptation and your sin. This is something, Raven, that I looked at in myself in the last six months. Up to the last six months, I used to say, Oh, God, I just don't know why I've got to... And why you allow this temptation? And finally, this verse came to me from a Bible study on Wednesday night I got from Pastor Rams, and he's saying, Carl, although he didn't use my name, he says, If you continue in the sin or the temptation, it's because you don't want to be delivered. And that's exactly what it says here in First Corinthians ten thirteen. Is this making sense?
1: Yeah, it it really is. It, it, this is uh, it's making more sense than, yeah, yeah, good. absolutely. It's good.
0: Okay, now, you re- this is why, Raven, I want you to go back and read Romans 6.11 and tie this right. into what you just read in First 1 Corinthians 10.13. You've got to reckon yourself that God will deliver you. And you say to yourself, well, I can't deliver myself. That is a given. The Bible never says you can do it. It says only Christ can do it. That's what it means when she says
1: reckon yourself. Go ahead. Okay. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. But alive.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: But no, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord, so that's saying you've got to realize, reckon,
0: bring it to your mind when you're under temptation, and you can't get away from it or you commit sin and you can't get away from it it's because you're not willing to trust in nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified in first corinthians ten thirteen because he perhaps promises. We-
1: Perhaps we don't really believe we're a new creation in Christ. And that's another thing. We don't believe this verse.
0: Because we got a bunch of yay who's doing Bible studies that tell us this means God will never give you anything you can't handle. That is building up your religion. That is the antithesis of Christ you can handle. No, we can't handle anything. It's only in his power. We can we can all, but it tells me that Carl, if you're going to allow yourself to watch pornography every day for 20 minutes and then complain the rest of the day because you can't get away from the temptation, it's because you don't want to get away. That's what First Corinthians 10:13 is telling me. Right, right. This is not a very pleasant verse, but it's freedom. Do you want freedom, or do you want to live under the condemnation of Satan? I'm not saying you're not you're going to hell. That's another issue. Because if you're in Romans eight one, you are under no condemnation by God. But the enemy is going to look for every time you depend on anything in, in, a, in addition to Christ and Christ crucified. To do good things, biblically good, he's going to give you condemnation. And you're going to think that's coming from God. And per Romans 8.1, that's not true. And it's because we don't want to put
1: ourselves under anyone. We want to say, I'm in control of me.
0: Yes. That is correct. And Raven, that's exactly what Satan told Eve in Genesis 3-5, when you eat of this fruit, what was the fruit? I've heard well-known ministers say it was sexual activity. No, it wasn't. It was doubting the word of God. Doubting the word of God. If you eat of it, you'll be like God. You'll know right from wrong and good from evil. You don't need the Bible.
1: Do you know, Carl? Yeah. Do, Do you know that the satanic church today will, will tell you we don't really worship Satan. We just believe, we just believe that it's okay for us to do everything that we want to be happy, that it's all about self, that it's all about me being Fine with doing what makes me happy. That is what Satan is all about. See, they're gonna tell this is what they like to tell everyone. I we don't really worship that's exactly who they worship. When they worship self, they're actually worshiping exactly what Satan wants them to worship. Exactly. But they're telling people, "Oh, we don't worship Satan." That's exactly who they worship, and that is exactly what God is telling everyone right here in Scripture. And it, but but they but Satan loves to just take the truth and just twist it that little bit to make you believe to make you believe that you're not worshiping him. But that's exactly what we're doing
0: and when, when we you turn him, our
1: eyes, yeah, yeah, off
0: of Christ. Because the minute you are now starting to walk in the flesh as a believer, yes, remember, the person who's in Christ Jesus is a believer. He's been subject yeah. to Second Corinthians five seventeen and twenty one. You're a new person. You're a new creation but he still can walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. And if you're walking after the flesh, you're walking in Satan's playground, which is religion. Religion is Satan's creation. All religion. Anything that depends on what I do and not 100% in what Christ did. In my current videos that I do three a week on, on YouTube, Bible Interprets Bible, I have been harping on one theme in Colossians. Christ is 100% sufficient and 100% necessary. If I accept anything less than 100%, I'm walking in the flesh.
1: This is exactly, this is what Galatians 5, the the whole end of Galatians 5 is talking about what he's talking about, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, this whole end of Galatians 5 is talking about that.
0: Amen. Galatians is
1: all about believers,
0: folks, who are now trying to be perfect. In fact, read Galatians
1: 5.3. This is the whole book of Galatians. Yes. And I testify again to every man become circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law
0: now we laugh
1: at circumcision (laughs) he 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 i
0: used to hear in church where does that leave women let's get serious folks let's stop the stupid comedy that i took part in put baptism by water or you must worship on a certain day You add one thing that you do that Christ has not already done for you in the object of your faith, and you are now under the law. Now, let's read another promise talking about the law and the spirit. Read Romans 6.14. This is a promise that goes along with 1 Corinthians 10.13, a
1: promise with 1 Corinthians. Oh, yeah, this is beautiful. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace.
0: So if you are putting yourself under the law, in other words, I I speak in tongues, or I've been baptized, or I've made a public confession, which is nowhere what the Bible says. If you are depending on one molecule, or let's get even smaller, one atom, let's get smaller than an atom, one neutron in the nucleus of an atom. If you've got one neutron in the nucleus of one atom in the trillions and trillions and trillions of atoms in your brain, that depends on something you do, you are under the law. And what yeah. does Romans six fourteen say? This
1: is a guarantee. Yes, yeah, for sin shall not, shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace.
0: So if sin
1: has dominance over me.
0: And I've applied soap and I I don't want at 80 years old to be told that I'm, under, I'm, I'm, I'm being harassed by a sin I've had since I'm 12 or 13. I don't want to hear this nonsense that I've been doing wrong. But that's not the point. The Bible says that if I put my faith in anything other than Jesus Christ and him crucified 100%, including any form of religion, and all religious things depend on you and I doing it. What does it say? Sin is going to have dominion over you. Now, if verse 14 does not say you won't be oppressed by sin and tempted. It says it will not have dominion over you.
1: Get that? The NASB so says it shall are, not be the master. NASB that's says, that's says that's it shall not be two. master yeah, over you. It
0: doesn't ever yeah. say, it does not say what I heard. And, w- and when I went to Swanton in 1986, people told me, I'm totally sanctified. And I never sin again. That's not biblical. The only one who never sinned was Christ. I'm telling you, folks, the little things people say in the Bible studies or the pastor's quip from the pulpit, which you've, I think, heard, Raven, from a former church we went to. Yes that the millennial reign is either symbolic or it's already happened. Live and direct on Wide World of sports. We heard it in the church that I used to go to. I also heard spiritual gifts are only symbolic. They don't exist today. There's no need for them today. In a church, pay attention to what in the blue blazes you're hearing, folks, and do what acts seventeen eleven says, take everything Carl says that's why I'm almost and I hate to use this word religious about giving you the verses we're we're talking about. I want you to go back and do what acts seventeen eleven you don't believe anything I say, even if I tell you it is October, don't believe it. You go back and verify it by the word of God because until God says. What I've said is correct is correct. It's meaningless. It's my opinion. Sin will not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, but under grace. Who are you going to, number one, every day for your protection, for your healing from sin, for your healing from physical issues? Are you going to man plus God or maybe man first? When you don't understand something in the Bible, who are you going to to get the understanding? John 14, 26, 15, 26 and sixteen thirteen says there's only one teacher, and it sure in blue blazes ain't Carl or Raven. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If I am leading you to any other teaching or any other explanations and not giving you Bible verses that, that either express it or condemn it regard, depending on which way the bible says it you don't want to listen to what i'm saying that's why raven and i both are in the habit when she was doing her program on freedom eyes on wednesday nights she never gave any ideas or conclusions or pro- or even uh what's the word uh What's a word in Opinion. geometry where you come up with a you come up with a thought?
1: Oh, I don't theory. I can't think. Theory. Yeah,
0: theory. Is, post, that's not the word. Post, post, that's post, it. Postulate. 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 Yeah. Yep, postulate. She didn't give any postulates or any theories without giving the verses in a chapter. I don't want you to know what I think. What I think is driven me nuts in 80 years. I want you all to get from us the scripture because we have one duty and we're going to be examined by God the moment Raven and I die the next conscious moment per Hebrews 9:27 we are going to be what in the judgment seat of Christ not for salvation if you die in Christ but you're going to right. be judged according to your works what did you do whose whose power and whose works were you doing Carl Were you doing what your church told you? There's a church I go to and the pastor, and about six months, eight eight months ago, it was back in the early spring or maybe late winter, and I told you about this. He asked for anybody, since COVID, the churches are without pastors. Anybody would like to go to a church and preach and fill in while the pastor is either gone or they don't have one. And I met with him. And he said, I'm not going to call you every day. He said, I get 10 calls, let's say, in a day, asking for a pastor or a substitute teacher. And he says, I turned down 90% of them. I says, why? He says, because they tell me. Regardless of my denomination or what the people's denomination they are not permitted to come and give a sermon or a Bible study from just the Bible alone. They will write the sermon or the Bible study for the people. This is in a Christian church, folks. And I give the pastor of our church all the credit in the world. And he says, I won't go. I refuse to send anybody.
1: Yep.
0: You don't think that Satan is getting religion into the churches. You better think again because this is going to destroy us. I didn't say you're going to lose your soul, but I'm going to tell you something. Raven and I have existed in a period of time recently where we have not experienced any joy in our life that we should be experiencing. And that is not saying that either one of us has sinned. God is allowing that in our life. That's Hebrews 12. He's chastising us, chasing us. Why did he do it to Paul? He despaired of his own life. That almost sounds suicidal because verse 9 of 2 Corinthians Corinthians 1, so that we would depend on God rather than ourselves. Could that be the reason why Raven and I currently don't experience the joy? Is that why we're getting condemnation, not from God, but God's allowing Satan to to beat us up a little bit? So we go back to trusting in only him. Only he can deliver us from sin. Only he can deliver us from temptation. Only he can deliver us from having sin you know, and
1: dominion over you. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to make a comment about something you said a minute ago there, and that is these churches... That only want that that want that said you know you have to we're going to write the sermon or whatever and you just preach it now now think about that for a moment because it tells you exactly where the church is they don't care now now bear with me for a second they don't really care about the message and they don't care about It being biblical, but they do care about what the messenger is perceived to be, because that message. Yeah, because that message, if it's written by, you know, just whatever, you know, any anybody, any Tom, Dick, or Harry could stand up there in the front and just deliver it,
0: and that's all they want.
1: Right, I'm, but they want a perceived pastor, someone with a degree behind his name up there giving that pre-written right. sermon so that the people think, oh yes, this actually comes from God or, or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? It yep, comes yep, from...
0: Yep, yep. I sure do.
1: I yep. sure do. Yes, and so it's 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 smoke and mirrors, Carl. It's smoke and Raven, mirrors. That's, Raven. That That's what it doing.
0: A man yeah. that
1: you and I agree
0: is one of the best we've ever heard. Told me, yeah, about ten years ago that he turned down ten years ago, all expenses mm-hmm. paid, all insurances paid, fifty-five to sixty thousand a year. As an associate pastor, and this was ten years ago, yeah All insurance is retirement, and he was told the only he could not write his own sermons, they would give them to him and this is
1: with a very and,
0: this is with a church in this area that's a mega church yeah
1: and and he did it, but here's the thing that uh, this is almost unheard of. He did it and and kept his broke church. I mean I'm just I'm n I'm not saying spiritually broke, but monetarily no, he had a broke very bad, very bad, very bad. Yes. His church was broke because he was preaching truth. Every single week Amen. you went in there and if you Amen. didn't if you didn't come out of there convicted, you weren't listening, that's all I can say. Or did no. right, right. you Right, right, right. You didn't want to listen.
0: hear it. I I don't think you could not listen to him. You'd have to get out, right,
1: right, right. Yeah. If if you didn't come out convicted, you didn't have the Holy Spirit in you.
0: No. You know. I. Now mean, the fact that he told me this, that the church's demand that you give that, I could say, well, I, that guy had a a bug in his ear about this, or he was no. Then Jeremy Doc, oh, excuse me, Pastor Rams, who is a very very. Southern Baptist gentleman in the denomination, a minister all his life of it. He told me the same thing. 80 to 90% of the requests for speakers in Christian churches, he turns down because they're not allowed to preach what the Holy Spirit leads them. They got to read it off of sermon.com or whatever they give them. This is the church that we're in today, folks. Let me go one this step is,
1: further. Yeah, and then we got to sign off, right? But I saw this. I've, I've seen it twice this week, and I'm so disturbed by it. There is, and I'm yeah, not going to name the de, denomination or the denomination or the pastor. It doesn't it doesn't matter. But there's a pastor. We live in Ohio. Okay, we live in Ohio, and they're trying to pass an abortion bill because Ohio has and And I'm saying this because it's it's leading to a a pastor thing because ohio has has made abortion illegal and so people no, are trying to made it, it hold on hold on they hold
0: on they've made it illegal yeah. after
1: twenty two weeks okay so but so the so so uh, pro pro baby murderers i'm just gonna put it out there. Have, it's not. Yeah, are trying it's not to stop. No choice. It's pro. It's pro murder. Go ahead. That's right. They're they are trying to get this reversed, and there's a bill coming up on the on the next election. Anyway, my point is, there is a pastor on their on their commercials now, with a very very yeah. very well known denomination, so so called Christian denomination, who is on there saying. You know, as pastor of a church, I'm saying we need to vote for this bill to go through so that people can have abortions. I I, I cannot the, tell you how disgusted.
0: But this is where the church pay, is. Raven, Raven, hold on. That bill they yeah. want to pass is up
1: to birth. They can. Yes. Yes. Now th- this is where today's churches are, people. It's not just that we aren't saying no to abortions. It's not just that we're not speaking out about killing God's creation. It's that we are approving it. We are condoning it. We are pushing for it. This is the state of the church.
0: When I say that we're in Laodicea, people think that I'm being sarcastic. Not only that, but the Methodist denomination as as a whole, the major denomination, has demanded a year ago that their denomination uh, ordain and marry people of the same sex. That's a mandate from the Methodist denomination. I'm not speaking out of school. That's fact. Well, this, okay, this we're denomination, on, we're, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're into someone else's oh, yeah, time, unfortunately. So. But, hey, yeah. we're going to pick up. We got one verse done today. That's a new record. <laughs> no, we did too. Right. We did Romans eight one and two.
1: And we'll two, pick yeah. up
0: with eight three. All
1: right.
0: Very good, Raven. Your comments were excellent. Thank you for listening, folks.
1: Oh, thank you, Carl. Take take care. Bye. We'll get you too. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.